Hi, everyone. I'm Holly Robinson Pete, actor, author, advocate, do it all mom, and I'm also a caregiver. And this is Care Walks, a podcast from iHeartRadio and Voltaren Arthritis Pain Gel. It's a show for family caregivers who give everything to everyone and need to make time for themselves through movement. Every episode is designed for you to walk as you listen. So just think of me and my guests as your weekly walking buddies. We'll hear stories from caregivers and gain tips and insights from health experts and advocates who know how important it is to take care of yourself and manage joint pain due to arthritis that often accompanies being a caregiver. We'll discover a community, ourselves, and maybe even alleviate some joint pain due to arthritis in the process as we walk together and connect to the best parts of being a caregiver. Hey there. So glad you could join us for another episode of Care Walks. I cannot believe this is already our sixth episode. I hope you've learned as much as I have so far and are finding new ways to take care of yourself and refill that cup as you care for others. All right. Now, just a reminder, right now you're listening to the full version of this episode, but if you don't have time for a full walk today, then go check out our bridged version of the same episode. It's like cliff notes for podcasts. Now, today's episode is all about building strength and strengthening our mobility in ways that will help us combat joint pain due to osteoarthritis and maybe give us a leg up as caregivers too. I've invited personal trainer Pete McCall to join our walk today. Pete has 20 years of experience teaching personal trainers all over the world to design workouts for their clients. He knows the importance of strength and mobility training for safe and smart practice. We've learned a lot about how just walking can be a really important practice to treating joint pain, but I'm curious about how strength conditioning can also play a role. I'm looking forward to hearing how Pete approaches training through this lens. But before we get to our conversation with Pete, let's get moving and start our walk with intention. Find a pace that feels good to you. Ground yourself more with each step. Notice how each part of your body moves as you walk along your path. Where do you feel tightness in your body as you move? How can you actively release those areas of pressure and tension? Let's take a deep breath. Slowly inhale through your nose. And now slowly exhale out of your mouth. How are your knees moving? What about your arms? From your elbow down to your wrists. As we walk, consider those sensations and allow these feelings to keep you present in the moment in this time you have set aside for yourself. Take another deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. Bring those shoulders down. Let your arms sway from front to back. That's great. Keep moving at a relaxed pace. And I'm going to share my conversation with personal trainer, fitness educator, and author, Pete McCall. Pete, thank you so much for joining us on Care Walks. 
Well, thank you, Holly. It really is an honor to be here and to be having this conversation with you. I'm excited to speak with you. So first of all, can you tell us what first sparked your interest in fitness and ultimately led to your great career in personal fitness and education? I'm a product of my generation, Holly. I am a diehard Gen Xer, 80s kid, and I grew up, and this is how I got into fitness, right? I grew up on 80s movies, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and all those movies, the guy with the biggest muscles always won and always got the girl, right? <laughs> and so as a, as a 14, 15, 16-year-old, you see that, and you know Arnold was everywhere, but in all seriousness, that's what got me into exercise in terms of changing physical appearance. But over the years, what I've really learned to love about exercise and what it can do for the body isn't just how you look, but it's how you feel. So that's really what I try to focus on when I do education for personal trainers is it's really getting to understand that the biggest benefits come from how you feel and just the overall health benefits for your body. Yes, absolutely. I want to dig into the physical benefits of movement. How can strength training help those who struggle with joint pain due to arthritis? Now, this is something, it's kind of like, <laughs> I played rugby for years. I played like competitive club rugby for years. And as somebody who's lifted weights for years too, I deal with arthritis, right? And arthritis is inflammation of the joint structure. Osteoarthritis is you're wearing down the tissues, the protective tissues that help protect the joints, the bones themselves. So when you look at this, when you look at movement, anytime you move, actually what you're doing is you're, you're stimulating production of new cells in the body. So strength training more than other types of exercise stimulates production of new muscle cells, of fibroblasts, and fibroblasts become new tissues in the cells. So that's one of the big benefits of strength training is you're building more tissue that can either protect the joints, meaning muscles help protect and stabilize the joints, or that ultimately become the connective tissue, the tendons, and what's called the fascia, which surrounds each layer of muscle. So when you exercise, what you're doing, you're stimulating production of new cells which can ultimately help your body become stronger and more resilient against whatever you might be feeling. Yeah, and what's interesting is, you know, we know that the movement is helpful, but it's hard to get that motivation, right? We know that you know, moving better is so important, but it, sometimes it can be very difficult. Which is more important to moving better, strength training or cardio? Which does more for joint pain or are they both beneficial? I would say yes to both. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, and that's the thing with exercise. The hard part is with exercise, there really is no one right way to do it. And everybody's going to enjoy their favorite thing. And what's pretty consistent at this point is a lack of regular exercise, meaning if you're not moving, and I'm, I'm going to qualify a little bit, a lack of regular movement, not just exercise, but if you're not moving your body and you're not getting your heart rate up a couple times a week, you can take years off your life. And I'll say that because, I mean, I just, I wrote a book in 2020 about high intensity exercise and how high intensity exercise slows down the aging process. So when you look at strength training, strength training provides a much greater benefit because you're producing new muscle, you're producing new tissue. However, when you look at cardio, cardio is very important because you're moving the joints, you're moving the muscles. And the challenging thing about arthritis, and I'm speaking about this from two points, one, from the technical standpoint of having done the research, and two, from a user standpoint of knowing what a body feels like with arthritis, is that first few minutes of exercise can be somewhat uncomfortable. Like my knee will be yelling at me saying, don't do this, don't do this. But what happens after the first like eight to 10 minutes is your body will produce its own internal kind of painkillers and your heart rate comes up and on all of a sudden you feel great. 
So that's one of the biggest benefits about exercise like cardio, going out for a walk or riding a bike, is once you work through that initial discomfort, your body will feel amazing. And you'll be thinking like, man, I got to be doing this all the time because of the way you feel. So if it comes to strength and cardio, the answer is yes, do both, but alternate days so that maybe one day you're doing a total body strength workout using all of your muscles together. So you move more effectively. And then the next day would be like, go for a walk, go for a bike ride or go for a swim. That way you're using your muscles differently and you allow that they're recovering from strength training while you're doing cardio. And then they're recovering from cardio while you do strength training. So that way there's a good balance of different forces going into the body. Yes, absolutely. And on care walks, we talk a lot about finding movement that fits into a busy schedule because Pete, we're all busy and we can always find some excuse not to, not to get moving. So what are some of your favorite ways to add fitness into a very busy routine? I love this question because again, Holly, I've been working in the fitness industry for more than 20 years. I got certified back in the late 1990s. And the one thing is just being consistent is we want to be consistent. And for care walks, the main thing is finding an activity that you enjoy and my, one of my, and I, it's so funny to say this now, one of my favorite workouts is honestly going for a long walk because I can do that with my kids. I can do it with my parents. My parents are in their late seventies. And so walking is one of those things that I can do with all generations of my family. And here's the deal. I love strength training, but if I'm a little sore the day after a hard strength training workout, or maybe something happened, you know, I've got something going on. I didn't sleep well at night because we can't really work out that great if we don't get a good night's sleep. But if I'm sore from working out, if I didn't get a good night's sleep, a three to five mile walk is one of my favorite go-tos because you feel so good just moving your body on a consistent basis. So I really want to give people, you know, for any advice, if you're just looking at starting a workout program, just start with what you got. You know what I mean? Because anybody can put on a pair of shoes and go for a walk around your neighborhood and you get to see things that you might not have seen. It's so true. We love walking on care walks. That's our thing. And hopefully our listeners are on a walk right now with us. But what are the best types of strength building exercises for alleviating some of their symptoms? Is there one that you might be able to walk us through right now on the podcast? Yeah, that's a great question because when you look at some strength training exercises and we look at some things like arthritis, where oftentimes we can experience arthritis is in our feet and our knees, right? And so one of my favorite exercises to recommend for almost everybody is something called the glute bridge. And the glute bridge is when you lay down on the ground, your feet are flat on the floor, your knees are pointed up toward the ceiling. So you're flat on your back, feet are flat on the floor, knees are pointed up to the ceiling, and you lift your hips up toward the ceiling. And you do that by pushing your heels down. So if you push your heels down while squeezing your glutes, your butt muscles and pushing your hips up, what you're going to do is activate those glute muscles and the glutes protect your knees, the glutes protect your ankles, and the glutes protect your low back. So with the glute bridge I'm describing, if you do 15 to 20 repetitions of that, meaning move up, pause, and lower yourself down slowly, if you do that 15 to 20 times, the major benefits are you're strengthening the glute muscles, which really help stabilize your body while you're walking. The other thing too is you're stretching your hip muscles, the, the hip muscles along the front of your thighs as you're getting good stretch there, the combination of the two can really reduce stress on the low back and strengthening the glutes is one way to protect the knees. And again, as somebody that's dealing with some pretty wicked arthritis in my right knee, one of the things I make sure I do in especially my lower body workouts is keep the glute training up. Cause I know, I mean, just from studying it, that the stronger my glutes are, the better protection I have for my knees. 
strong glutes really allows you to be more active. Okay. I just learned that. I always think about when I'm taking care of my body or or looking to strengthen something, I'm always focusing on the core because I feel like the core, you know, obviously has a lot of benefits, but I did not know about the glute bridge. So I am putting that on my to-do list. And I really didn't even realize that the glute bridge helped you with knees. My husband's had knee replacement surgery, and I'm sure he knows this as a former athlete, but I did not know. So I've written that down and I'm going to get my glute bridge in. And if you're listening right now on care walks, maybe this is something you, would you say to do this before you start walking or after? Actually, it's a good question. I would do it before because if you're warming up and you're going to go out for a walk, then firing up your glutes will help you protect your knee. So every time your foot hits the ground, theoretically, your glutes should fire to help stabilize the knee. And so if you don't do glute bridges before you warm up, they're not going to be as effective. You know, think about football players, right? I mean, your, your husband was a football player. When he was playing, he was out there doing mobility drills. And those drills activate the muscles. So that way, if he plans to make a sudden cut of direction or change of direction, the glute is going to fire to stabilize the knee. Now, somebody walking for exercise is not going to need to make a rapid change of direction. to. Well, avoid maybe. You never know, Pete. Never know <laughs> if that car is coming in the wrong direction. Somebody's coming no, down with you, one of those scooters. You got to get out of the way. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I, I'll back it up because you're 100% right. Because you might not think you might have to change the direction, but if somebody's flying down the sidewalk on an electric scooter or somebody's dog gets out of control and you don't want to, you know, yeah, you might have to make a change of direction. <laughs> but having stronger glutes, but in all seriousness, having stronger glutes will protect that. Well, if you have to make a sudden lateral change or a sideways change and you're putting your foot down, your glutes will fire to stabilize your knee. So it all comes in. Yeah. The funny thing is one of the best core exercises that we could do, Holly, is actually walking. Because when we look at how all the muscles in our body are aligned, walking is like our basic movement pattern that we can all do. So the more walking that we can do, the more that we use all the muscles in our body. Because when you look at, at how we move when we walk, our shoulders move, our hips move, our arms move. And that can really be one of the most beneficial things of a long walk is you're just automatically tying all those muscles together. You know, and that is actually, I'll share this because I go to my, I'll see my chiropractor a little bit later today. And that's always his recommendation is you start the morning with a five to 10 minute walk, or I do a 10 minute walk after every adjustment because your body's just going back into its normal movement patterns. This is great information, Pete. Thank you so much. We'll be right back with more from Pete McCall. Welcome back to Care Walks. And now back to my conversation with Pete McCall. Okay, so let's talk about discomfort, something we all have experienced. But because discomfort can be so prevalent for specifically caregivers with joint pain, how can you tell if aches and pains after a workout are good or bad? That, that I love that question. If you feel something sharp, that's really, that's sharp, it's like, oh my goodness, where did this come from? That's pain. That should be avoided. That's that's a signal from your muscles or a joint saying, hey, this didn't feel good. Don't do this again. All right. We don't want to feel pain. That said, however, a little bit of discomfort, we want to feel a little bit of discomfort because that means our body has done more than it's used to doing. And that's how we stimulate growth. So at the end of a workout, you want to be feeling a little bit of discomfort, meaning you want to feel like I just did something and my muscles have worked harder than they're used to. That's good. That's what we want. However, we don't want to feel pain. <laughs> what I always tell clients is like, if clients are complaining about something, I'll say, pause, time out. 
Does that hurt? Because if it hurts, we're going to stop. But if it's uncomfortable, that's what you're paying me for, right? That's because discomfort is where we get growth. We want to be able to manage discomfort, like with, with arthritis, with my right knee. When my right knee is a little uncomfortable, I'll slather on Voltaren before I go for a walk or before I do any type of hard workout that I know is going to beat up my knee. But I know that moving my knee through the discomfort makes my knee stronger in the long run. Because here's the thing, Holly, when it comes to arthritis and with, with joint discomfort is I look at it personally, I'm willing to put up with a few minutes of discomfort so that my joint remains functional and I continue to move my joint through its full range of motion. Because here's what I fear, knowing what I know about the body is if I don't move my joints, if I don't move my knee, if I don't move you know, my hips, if I don't move my elbows, if I don't move my joints, they're, they're gonna lose their range of motion. Yeah, just a side note, Rodney had so much discomfort that he pushed through because of his training as an athlete and you learn to play with pain. And it was like chasing him for years, trying to get him to treat this knee. But listen, <laughs> our walking routine is we slather on the Voltaren for each other. So I put a little yeah. on his knee, he puts a little on mine because mine are starting to act up as well too. Just a little bit of pain, especially I noticed going downstairs I noticed like a little tweak of pain in my knee. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so thinking about more safe fitness practice, what are, what are the best ways that you have to cool down after a walk or workout? Any favorite stretches other than the glute bridge, which is going to be <laughs> well, my new go-to? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and this is where, honestly, and this is where like technology comes in handy, right? And, and that's where a percussion gun, like those little percussion guns, the handheld massage guns, those can be a very effective way for after being active because what it's doing is that pressure can help desensitize, meaning reduce tightness in muscle tissue. However, and I'll say this, that's not going to be appropriate for everybody experiencing joint pain, right? So that's been one of my go-tos. But when I look at post-workout, it's honestly just slower movement, right? If I'm going for a long walk, what I do when I get back, and, and I'm pointing over my shoulder. For listeners, I'm pointing over my shoulder like you guys know what I'm talking about. But outside my door, Holly, there's a system about a quarter mile away. There's like a 10-mile network of trails that I either go mountain biking on or riding or hiking on one or two times a week. That's why I'm living where I live because I have access to that. However, so when I come back from a long hike, what I'll do is I don't sit down right away. I just stay on my feet for another 15, 20 minutes and slow down my pace. Right. Because hiking or walking or hiking is not super strenuous. All you need to do is kind of slowly, gradually don't sit down yet. You want to take about 15 to 20 minutes of just standing after you get done a long walk or a long hike. You just want to take about 15, 20 minutes of continuing to stand before sitting down. That way, what you're doing is allowing your circulation. You're allowing your heart rate to come down a little bit. You're allowing your circulation to come down a little bit. That way, when you do sit down, your muscles won't be as warm and you and won't get stuck in the position of what you sit in. Because that's the, the challenge, right? If you come back from a walk and all of a sudden you sit down for another two hours, your muscles can kind of become locked into that position. Whereas if you do a long walk and you spend some time just moving around, standing for a little bit, what's going to happen is your temperature, your tissue temperature is going to come down. So yeah, after a long walk, it's just some low intensity movement. And because I don't think there's really, personally, I wouldn't, there's not much need to stretch really after a long walk. But a harder workout, like if you did a hard strength training workout, that's where you might want to stretch the quadriceps, the hamstrings, the larger muscles involved, just so you maintain joint motion as those tissues kind of cool as the tissue temperature comes back down. Yeah, don't skip the cool down. I, I've done that before, Pete. Like I just, well, I, I'm done. I'm just going to get off the treadmill and don't skip that cool down. There's a reason why it's always 
in your program on your treadmill, you got to slow it down and ease yourself out of uh, working out any kind of movement. For those uh, just starting a movement journey, and we talked earlier about how hard it is to just kickstart it, how do you stay consistent with a new workout routine? And how can caregivers set themselves up for success when making new self-care habits? Ooh, that's a huge question because you're looking at how does anybody create a habit? And one of my biggest, one of the biggest pieces of advice I have for people, Holly, is start with realistic expectations. Start with realistic goals because what tends to happen is if, if we're starting, if we're recording this on a Monday, right? If I say this week, I'm going to exercise every day of the week and Monday I do great, Tuesday I go to the gym, but Wednesday I have to stay late at work or something happens. Now I feel like a failure because I didn't make it to the gym every day of the week. Therefore, I'm just going to throw it in because I can't do this. This is too hard. However, if you say to yourself, I'm only going to exercise two times during the week and one time on the weekend, that's my goal. My goal for the next couple of weeks is I want to go out for a 20-minute walk two times during the week, and I want to try to do a 40-minute walk on the weekend when I have a little bit more time. If you start small and you're able to do that, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, you start building up success. You start layering success. So you go from doing it two times during the week and once on the weekend. Now I feel pretty good. Let me do a third day during the week. Let me do a little bit longer on the weekend. So it really is, my advice for listeners is when you start a program, when you start to move more regularly, just very simple, small goals. Do 10 to 20 minutes at a time because we know, I mean, the evidence shows 10 to 20 minutes of activity is better than no activity. You know, 20 minutes of something is better than, than zero minutes of nothing. So for listeners, if you're listening and you, you're saying, I want to get moving, start small. And once you see some success, either add minutes, I'm going to walk for five more minutes or add another day and just begin with what you can do and just challenge yourself to do a little bit more than you think you can and just stay consistent with it, and you feel better as a result. Yes, feeling better is the goal. Feeling better is the goal. You know, it's really clear to me, Pete, how passionate you are about what you do. What is your favorite part about being a fitness instructor? Is after class is over, when somebody says that was the right workout for me today? Honestly, I mean, it's like when somebody says that felt right today, I don't want to beat people up. My, my goal as a trainer, as an instructor, is I don't want you to be sore. I don't want you to be in pain. Because if I make you, if, I, if you're in pain from an exercise session, you can't move tomorrow. And that's not my goal. I want you to move every day. And for anybody out there, if you're listening and you take exercise classes on a regular basis, the best thing you can do for your instructor is at the end of class, give them a big smile and say, thank you. That felt right today. Because honestly, yes, we get paid by the gym to teach a class. However, anytime that somebody says that to me, that's worth more than, than the money going to the bank because you know what I love about this industry and what I love about what I do is you know you're having a direct impact on helping somebody have a better day because of, some, of what they did in your workout. Yes, absolutely. Because physical and mental health are so intertwined, how can we make fitness a part of a mindfulness or meditation practice? My mindfulness, me, Holly, my personal journey with mindfulness really helps me kickstart my day. So how can individuals use movement and fitness as part of strengthening mental health? And do you also, do you have any favorite mantras or, or pieces of motivation that you use to inspire your clients? I know you have some Pete-isms. I, I, I love that question. <laughs> <laughs> I just no, met maybe, you, but I not, feel no. like you have some, a whole Pete lexicon that you can get people motivated. Uh, maybe no, but in all seriousness, that's, that's such a great question, right? Because for years... For years, we've always looked at meditation or the perception with meditation has been, is that some sort of like whatever mind, body, it's not really connected. 
But what we're seeing is that your brain controls every aspect of your body. So taking a few minutes in the day, and one of the things I go to, I don't know about you, but I'll try to take a few minutes in the morning. And when I meditate, I kind of do a little check-in. How's my body feeling? I'll take some deep breaths and I'll like, how are my hips feeling? How are my knees feeling? How's my shoulders feeling? And it's like, what do I want out of today? What do I want to be able to do today? What do I want my body to do for me today? So just taking a couple minutes in the morning to kind of do a little, that mental checklist. Hey, everybody, how you doing? What's going on? And then just sitting there and think, how do I want to use my body today? And then for me, the final part of that is just, I live in Southern California and I try to be very grateful that I live in a, in a very great area. I live near, you know, my daughters live pretty close to me. I just try to, I try to start the day with a sense of gratitude for, you know what? I get to move today. I get to be up. I get to be able to do what I want to do. And that also helps me kind of overcome anything that it's like, yeah, my knee might be bothering me a little bit, but you know what? I'm still so, I still have the ability to get up and move. I still have the ability to go out and use this thing and I'm going to use it for as long as I can. So I don't know if that's helpful for anybody, but I really try to start the day with just being thankful that I have the opportunity to get up and use this vehicle that we've been blessed with. Yeah, gratitude is everything. It can be so motivational in so many ways. Well, Pete, I have to tell you, that felt right today. That felt right. <laughs> and I really appreciate having this conversation with you on CareWalks. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you soon. Well, thank you for the conversation. And really, thank you for inspiring people to be more active. And hey, the more active that you can be, the better you'll feel. I mean, you just got to get through that first few minutes. And the more active you are, the better you'll feel and the, long, the better off you'll be in the long run. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pete, for joining me on Care Walks. This conversation has really opened my eyes to ways that exercise and strength training can improve not only joint pain caused by osteoarthritis, but also gives us the tools for better care for our bodies as caregivers. I don't have to tell you what a physical job caregiving can be, but I don't think that I ever really realized or thought about the best ways to get stronger for the work of being a caregiver. That's all for this episode of Care Walks. Don't forget to come back next week when we talk about the wonderful parts of being a caregiver with our guest, fellow caregiver, Rob Fobion. I'm really looking forward to that. Keep walking until then, and don't forget to take care of yourself too. Care Walks is produced by iHeartRadio in partnership with Voltaren Arthritis Pain Gel and hosted by me, Holly Robinson-Pete. Our executive producer is Molly Sosha. Our head engineer is Matt Stillo. This episode was written and produced by Sierra Kaiser. With special thanks to our partners at GSK, Platform GSK, Weber Shandwick, and Edelman.